Specialty Story, session number 214. Whether you are a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, where I get to have amazing conversations with amazing physicians. This week is no different with Dr. Haiyan Wan, a child psychiatrist talking about her specialty, about what brought her into it, what she loves about it, what she doesn't like about it, and so much more. Dr. Wan is a psychiatrist at Beverly Mental Health Service. We start the conversation by talking to Dr. Wan how she first became interested in psychiatry. I think in terms of uh, the my interest with child psychiatry, it's a really a uh, evolving progress. I think it took first of all, it took me a really long time to realize that uh, my passion uh, with general psychiatry as a bulk part, and I did a lot of uh, research um, on uh, neuroscience and uh, psychiatric drug discovery, and I also did a lot of uh, kind of translational medicine before I actually had back to uh, psychiatry residency. And during the, during the residency process, that, that was the time I started to think that what I really want to, uh, want to do uh, next step, do I want to practice as a general psychiatrist or specialize in certain kind of area? And I think those are the time that I realized First of all, I always wanted to work with children. And second, I do believe that being a psychiatrist needed to uh, see a person's life through the, uh, a lens of a developmental point of view and a trauma point of view. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to understand a little bit better how early childhood experience, especially early childhood experience, and also uh, the, uh, the developmental piece and how that impact later on a person's life. Yeah, mm. so I, I would say that for my interest of child psychiatry, it started developing at my second year of residency. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. What what do you think um, the, the biggest trait is that is necessary to be a good child psychiatrist? I think that be a good child psychiatrist, I think is certainly that we have to have a mentality to accepting a lot of things that come with the child, not just the child itself. And we need to, and I often tell my uh, colleagues and my patients that child psychiatry, when we say child psychiatry, it's really not just the child alone, uh, so much about the family. So I prefer to call it a family psychiatry, even though it's not the uh, real specialty that we call it, but that's in my mind. Mm that I call it family psychiatry is, is not just the, um, the child itself. And when we talk about psychiatry is what we talk about genetic biological factors. We talk about environmental factors and for a child, for children, their environment is family and school. 
And so if we don't um, address uh, the family dynamic and we don't address the issues at school, and I, ca I can hardly imagine to really improve a child's well-being just by treating the child alone. Mm. So I think it's really, really important to be able to accepting the whole family as your um, kind of target uh, kind of treatment group uh, at the same time and understand the, the child problem probably also come from a lot of uh, trauma from the parents and uh, the, the intergenerational trauma and a lot of uh, kind of anxiety and, and uh, issues uh, from or, or depression from parents and parent-child relationship and parents' relationship as well. So I think this is really, really important uh, to keep in mind to get into child psychiatry as a field. Mm. Talk about the uh, the types of patients that you're seeing um, as a child psychiatrist in your subspecialty. Uh, so I have uh, two roles. One is I am attending psychiatrist at Rogers Behavioral Health, and I also have my private practice. And so Rogers Behavioral Health, what I see is a partial program, uh, is a, pa a group of patients that um, mainly focus on OCD, uh, and anxiety, social anxiety, and also depression as well. Um, the the acuity that usually higher a lot of time is with worry of suicidal thoughts or not able to function as a, the uh, daily life, for instance, is severe enough, not able to get out of the house or not able to take care of themselves, eating or showering, this kind of, um, these are the populations that I work with at Rogers Behavioral Health. And the patient's age, it can range, the youngest age I see like from five years old, and obviously, as I'm also board certified for adult psychiatrists, I also see adult population as well. So the uh, the uh, oldest population I see until uh, around 70 years old. So those are the whole spectrum of uh, the uh, patient's population. That's for my Rogers Behavioral Health um, um, uh, kind of a population. I also have a very... Uh, uh, a special interest of my private practice is that I, like being a child psychiatrist, do feel the sense of social responsibilities that, first of all, we don't really have a whole lot of child psychiatrists out there. And if you think about how many child psychiatrists are actually able to treat OCD effectively and school refusal and social anxiety, and I think it's even, uh, even a lot less. So I do feel that a lot of uh, my social responsibility to have my private practice to ongoing training patients ongoing moving forward mm. uh, to until they stabilize and get out their lives. Um, the other part of my uh, uh, special interest for um, for my personal interest is uh, cultural uh, populations and minority groups, and I do think uh, raising awareness of mental health and help. Uh, this group of um, population to get the care they need is also important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Talk about the uh, uh, typical day that you have. Um, well, the um, first of all, my current setting is completely telehealth, uh, which this is the really great part of uh, being a psychiatrist, especially with COVID, and with the help with the technology, we can really continue 
the level of the care that we want to uh, while we're staying home. Um, so what I, I I think usually I have about um, uh, nine to five hours of uh, nine nine a.m. to five p.m. kind of hours. I do take a break um, um, here and there for lunch. Um, usually, that for for instance, say for for partial program settings, um, we just round the patient, uh, all the patients that we have uh, currently in the program during the programming hour. Uh, usually from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And after that, I will have um, uh, communications with my team members um, and the therapists and behavior specialists and talk about uh, the, the, what's the next step of the patient, what's the important things that uh, we need to address. And oftentimes, that if uh, there are acute uh, crises going on, that the behavior th specialists and therapists will reach reach me through my phone or my uh, our kind of um, uh, platform that we use for communications. And that's generally uh, my role for the PHP program I Rogers. And for my prior practice, it's very flexible and. It really depends on the needs and my uh, time availability. I schedule whenever and I um, whenever that I want, and most of the time, uh, the uh, the needs many times focus on teenagers, mm -hmm. and they need to go to school. And perfectly, they finish their school at four. And uh, I sometimes see some patients after 4.30. Occasionally, I see uh, patients uh, at very late, but most of the time, um, I'll finish my day like before 6. Okay. For, mm -hmm. for patients that are coming to you, how, how many of them are diagnosed with some sort of uh, psychiatric uh, disorder, or are you diagnosing them? Um, so this is the really, really uh, interesting part of psychiatry, and I, uh, especially child psychiatry, uh, I, I think um, even the patients came in with diagnosis, every psychiatrist can have a different kind of philosophy and approach. For instance, I'm a big believer of trauma. So for a lot of uh, patients, even they come in with a diagnosis. So for instance, our patient that was diagnosed with bipolar at very young age and with a lot of heavy medication, then this is the, the part that you can really play a role as a child psychiatrist to find out is this real bipolar or is this kind of severe anxiety, in, in severe ADHD plus trauma, or maybe there are some neurological issues. So for child psychiatry population, that we maybe about less than 50% patients will come in with a diagnosis. Most of the time they are referred by therapist or school counselor and just saying that this does not seem right, it seems that not happy and sad that there's behavior problems and they will refer to me and I started usually my initial assessment takes about two hours, um, a, a separate two different uh, one hour session. And after that, I usually have some uh, pretty good idea about what is going on. So for children, uh, and teenagers, there um, I will have less than fifty percent of them 
um, that has a, a diagnosis already. Most of the time I diagnose them. But for, for instance, uh, mature adults or young adults, um, they often have um, more of a more or less of a depression and anxiety kind of diagnosis. And sometimes you will find out uh, even they uh, reported depression anxiety, um, but there are more to that. Uh, there's uh, depression anxiety is just more of a kind of like a fever. If we use medical term, it's like a fever. And there's a lot of reasons be under uh, the uh, the symptoms and that you need to tease this out. Mm. Yeah. What does the training path look like to to do what you do? So uh, certainly, the, um, after you finish your medical school, uh, and you apply adult residency. At the second year of your adult residency, you need to start to think what you want to do. Uh, because for child psychiatry fellowship, there's uh, two ways to do it. One is that you finish your four years of uh, adult residency and then do another two years additional child fellowship. There's other way is a fast track. Uh, you can start to apply your child psychiatry fellowship before uh, the third year and start to prepare and get a sense. And then you finish your third year residency directly go into of uh, the child fellowship. And that, that will make a total of five years. So it's really, there are people saying that they, they prefer to have a full four years of adult psychiatry residency. There are people like me, I did three years of adult uh, residency and I did two years of child fellowship. Hmm. Interesting. You just, you liked all the training, so you went back for more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think that if you're really, really determined that you want to focus in the future uh, on child psychiatry, I, I would rather to really get into child psychiatry yeah. as soon as I, I want to. And I also think that the uh, having a child psychiatry training process is even in the future that you want to be an adult psychiatrist, focus on adult, young adults or mature adults. It really help you to be more complete as a psychiatrist and understand adults better mm -hmm. uh, through the lens of developmental and trauma perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, talk about the uh, the potential negative bias out there for osteopathic physicians. Do you know of any? Oh, actually, I, I don't have any um, uh, bias at all. I think that um, I, I think for psychiatry, um, there are so many um, people get into psychiatry from all different kind of backgrounds. And I don't I do think that the combination of a medical experience and knowledge plus um, the uh, plus your personal personality traits and your passion about psychiatrists make you the best psychiatrists. Um, unlike uh, some of like a very, very uh, mechanical kind of um, medical uh, field uh, for psychiatry. And I think that first and foremost uh, important factor is that you are passionate about helping this particular population. And that's the most important factor to me, and it doesn't matter what kind of background you come from. And I know some really, really excellent uh, uh, doctors are, and psychiatrists are um, their deals. And I 
I think that's not necessarily all the MDs are good. No, all the deals are good. I think, or I think it's really just、uh, come to each individual person.、Mm. What does call look like for you? I don't have any calls at this point, and this is another thing I love being a psychiatrist that you can choose different kind of settings to work.、Uh, so you have inpatient,、uh, you have outpatient. And in between inpatient and outpatient, you have partial program,、um, partial hospitalization program, intensive outpatient program, and there's also residential program. So the most of the time, the only place that require you to be on call is inpatient setting. Oh, of course, you can also、um, do、uh, emergency setting. So where I was trained by you for、uh, child fellowship, we have、um, like. Uh, excellent child psychiatry、um, emergency care, and that is、uh, kind of、um, our we were the pioneer of、uh, this kind of settings. And of course, if you work at that kind of settings, you have to do calls. But if you feel like I I prefer to focus on other type of setting, I don't like calls. Then you can choose either work as outpatient setting or partial program. For instance, now I don't have any calls.、Mm. That's that's nice.、Um, what do you wish primary care、uh, physicians would know about what you're doing day in and day out as a child psychiatrist? So for the for the future pediatricians out there, if you could talk to them, what do you what do you wish they knew to make make your job easier to to help their patients more? So I think the,、um, the there are more and more、uh, primary care settings that started to do basic screenings for anxiety and、uh, depression. That's a starting point,、mm-hmm. and I I just want、um, all the pediatricians or primary care doctor have this in mind. That doesn't matter what kind of physical illness that you have, there potentially to have a, a benefit to consult、uh, a, for instance, clinical. A psychologist or therapist, at or psychiatrist, and the other thing I I really want to emphasize is medication really works, and、mm. um, we have a major shift uh, his, uh, from historically that、uh, more of like a talk therapy, or in, even back in the days like fifties, nineteen fifties, the sixties, we were so much about psychoanalysis and psychodynamic. Now shifting more and more biological. Intervention and me as a, as a,、um, my personal style is very much behavioral approach, cognitive behavior therapy, like exposure therapy,、uh, exposure response prevention therapy, plus medication. And I do think this is very very much effective. And it's not like.、Um, It's not like oh, therapy is like vitamin C. Everybody can benefit a little bit. It's not. It's so much beyond that. And the understanding of psychiatry has really so much towards to biological intervention. Is really has is very effective. Yeah. Do you work closely、uh, besides the pediatrician? Do you work closely with any other specialists? Um. So I um. Work. The most common specialist is neurologist,、uh, and the, the second one is cardiologist.、Uh, why is that? Neurologist is obviously、um, for a lot of mental health illness that we want to rule out. There's if there is organic reasons that leading to these kind of symptoms, right?、Um, so many anxiety 
presented as headaches, or sometimes we have patients uh, with illness anxiety, and they just uh, constantly worry about things going on. There are severe anxiety patients that can uh, conversion disorder. They can suddenly lose the uh, way of talking or or way of uh, like smell things or even walking. I have a kind of all different level of uh, neurological presentations um, that we need to first rule out that there's no psychiatric, uh, no neurological reasons. And obviously the seizure disorder and pseudo seizure disorder is very, very much like um, mixed together. Mm -hmm. So we work very closely with neurologists, even for the, uh, for the more kind of severe mental illness, for instance, uh, bipolar or schizophrenia, the first onset of uh, episode of manic or um, uh, hypomanic symptoms or uh, psychotic in the, in the issues and symptoms, we want to refer to a neurologist and to have them rule out if there is organic reasons for the presentation before we uh, absolutely uh, focus on psychiatric uh, treatment. Mm. And for cardiologists, um, it's really just medication side effects. On the, all major psychiatric medication has kind of QT interval concerns. So we want to make sure it is safe. And sometimes we do have cardiologists to do a consult. And for kids that we use stimulants a lot. So we want to make sure there's no uh, cardiovascular concerns that uh, uh, contraindicated for uh, stimulants. Uh, so these are the two very um, major uh, uh, specialty that we work with. And the other one is well, we often uh, refer patients to a nutritionist. Uh, one, for one reason, eating disorder, we definitely need to have a lot of nutrition consults. And the other that uh, medication side effects, we need nutrition to nutritionists to help uh, family to plan their meal and help kids to uh, learn how to eat healthy. Yeah. What do you know now that you wish you knew before going into child psychiatry? Well, as there's two things. I think one is uh, you have to be prepared that the psychiatrists um, need to write very lengthy notes and detailed notes. The reason for that is obviously that unlike it, most of the other specialty that we really don't have a specific lab that we could say that this is absolutely X, Y, Z, right? So it's really so much about your clinical judgment, your experience, and and you formulated a thought process and presented uh, and document it in a way that back you up with the, the way that you present to the patients and the treatment plan. So because of that, uh, typing notes is certainly um, is almost every psychiatrist is, um, does not like, but I, I hope uh, that moving, but, but it's important, it's really important because this is the only thing that we can go back 10 years later and say, now, oh, this is what I thought happened at that time and why I did what I did. And, but I'm, uh, I think with uh, technology, eventually I do believe uh, that writing those be will become um, much easier. Obviously we already have Dragon and um, there are certain um, uh, places they can uh, give, uh, uh, give you a scribe and uh, have that person to write your notes. But so far I still manage my own notes because when I write notes, it's also a process for me to think 
about these patients. And sometimes I have uh, helped me sort out my thought process and understand the case. And the other thing for what I wish to know is um, we do, uh, as a child psychiatrist, and we do, I, I do think it's really, really important to passionate about what you do at the same time. Also, it will give you a very strong sense of helplessness um, oftentimes. And, and is I, I can imagine some other medical field can have certain type of feeling as well. So you, you may uh, hear and see uh, things that you is really emotionally like get you. Um, and sometimes that you, you probably uh, need to learn how to manage your emotions, especially uh, set boundaries with your emotional um, um, well-being and after work how you manage your own personal life. Those are also important. And I didn't know that. I was really just thinking that I can help, I can I can make a difference. And then until really dive into it, um, some, that's something you need to remind yourself um, often time. What do you like the most about being a child psychiatrist? Well, I, I think it's absolutely amazing to see children, teenagers get better and achieve their potential. And that's absolutely amazing. Uh, especially when you see that when you put a patient on the right medication and they just they just shine in their life and you see their smile and they, you see their family dynamic improve, their relationship improve. That's just, that's really priceless. Um, that's certainly something that I, I love the most. Yeah. What do you like the least? Um, I think the, as a child psychiatrist, what I, uh, I wouldn't say that I, I like the least, um, I think it's really, um, it's hard for me, even being, um, seeing so many patients for so many years, it's still very hard when I hear, uh, kids are traumatized, um, so all kinds of, um, settings, sometimes at school, sometimes at home, sometimes, uh, at the just uh, community, uh, I think this part I wouldn't say that I liked, uh, I dislike. It's just uh, still uh, is is heavy. It's, it's still uh, carry a heavy weight on me. Um, do you see any major changes coming to the field? Whether that's uh, new treatment options, medication options that that students should be aware of. Absolutely. And I really think this is the golden time to get into psychiatry, especially child psychiatry. So um, we overall, we lack of child psychiatrists in, in the nation and around the world. So not only that you can contribute to the clinical care, you can also contribute all kinds of research opportunities as well, if you really want to focus on one particular topic. And in addition to that, I do believe that uh, because of what is going on with pandemic, uh, school kind of a quarantine and uh, social isolation and virtual online school, I see so many more and more anxiety, depression, OCD, a lot of OCD, a lot of social anxiety. And I think the awareness of um, the mental health has, has been really uh, increased uh, so much more during the past um, 
to a couple of years. And I think that's also the opportunity for medical students to get into the field and make a real true impact. Mm. If you had to do it all over again, would you still be a child psychiatrist? Uh, absolutely. And I actually think that I like more and more to work with uh, children and family, teenagers, young adults. I, I, the more I be in this field, I, I feel like, first of all, I feel more confident about my knowledge, my judgments, my capability of building relationship uh, with the family that I'm taking care of. And, and the more you see that, Oh, you you are taking care of one kid of one family, and then they refer their neighbor's kid and their siblings and their other um, parents, even parents come to see you. So that's such a such a feeling of rewarding, and um, and this kind of connections will follow with you for a really really long time. I definitely, um, no doubt, I want to do child psychiatry again, and I don't think I can do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Any, yeah. Any last words of wisdom for the student listening to this potentially interested in child psychiatry? Yeah, I think it's really just um, if you're thinking about psychiatry, I, I know there's a lot of people think that psychiatry can provide certain levels uh, um, kind of um, lifestyle and, and um, work-life balance. And that's really good. And I think psychiatry also can provide a lot of opportunities you should develop your own business ideas um, and you, you there's so many things that you can do uh, but I think just keeping really keep in mind that the most important thing is your uh, passion and I think the um, uh, without passion that getting into psychiatry could make you feel <laughs> um, like dragging uh, and, and it does happen to some people so I, I really think that keep, keep that in mind is important alright so there you have it again Dr. Haiyan Wan a child psychiatrist talking about her specialty I hope you enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe to get all of our specialty stories podcasts directly on your device and app of choice have a great week we'll see you next time here on specialty stories This is MedEd Media.